You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Tell somebody, say, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you. you. Catalyst Church exists to build people who love God, love others, and experience the presence and power of God in every part of their life. Your life. Tell somebody again, say, it's for you. Say it like you really mean it or at least want to believe it. Say, it's for you. It's for you. It's not just for Catalyst, not just for a church or this church. It's for you, your life, your family, and every part of it. Last week, I told you, if we aren't changing, we aren't growing. You may not like change, but you better love it. And we love it. We love it. And I say that not just as a cliche. I say it because I mean it. I may not like it, but we change it. I said that the word works. If you work it, we work it. We work it. Y'all quiet on that one. Ooh, what's he going with this? And I said, the presence of God changes everything, everything, everything. Tell somebody, say, it's for you. Today, the fourth value that I'm going to start out with is actually the title to my message. It's the title for my message, and I got it in backwards order, and I swore I wasn't going to do that. There's room for you here. You don't have to say that. I'll say it first. There's room for you here. Now you can tell your neighbor that. Say, there's room for you here. Now tell the neighbor that you just ignored and just totally just like, totally was rude and and, and you don't like them or at least you don't know them yet. Tell them, say, there's room for you here. If you can handle us, we can handle you. And you get a good taste if you can handle us, bye if you can handle me, I promise. Jesus had a really, really diverse ministry. More diverse than the American church cares to admit or are comfortable talking about or especially building churches around. He, he included the people the religious left out and got crucified for it. He did. And we love diversity. We are not afraid of diversity at Catalyst Church. We embrace it. We are going to build a church of diversity. My family's diverse. I got a big blended family, a beautiful story that I don't have time to talk to you about today. But we got a diverse. In 2020, the election, we voted halfway down because we got a lot of grown folks in our family. Halfway, it was split and the tiebreaker voted libertarian. I love diversity. Our leadership was the same in 2020, voted both ways uh, and still liked each other and respected each other. In 2024, it will be the same. We do not agree. My leadership, the people on this stage, and you're going to see over the next couple of weeks, we've got a lot more leaders that are being ordained or given titles because God's raised up, raising up leaders. We do not agree on everything theologically. Just so you know, if you want to know if somebody believes like me in this church that leads, they don't, and I like it. I didn't say it was comfortable. I said I like it because what we're not building a catalyst and what you shouldn't build in any part of your life is we are not creating a church uh, where everybody, I'm not trying to create bins, y'all. I promise you, we built a church of bins and this thing's coming tumbling down. I do not want to build that. The point of being like Jesus is not being like Ben. Most days it's not at all like Ben. I'm just trying. 
We are not building a church of people who are all white, all black, all Republican, all Democrat, all straight, all gay. I don't want to build a church of people that look alike, talk alike, dress alike, act alike. I don't want that. That is not what Jesus did. It ain't what Catalyst is going to do or be. And now that I, you know, and I'm, and I'm really not going to argue for very long about it. And so if you sincerely want to come in here and you want to grow and serve and see, experience God's glory and grow in it, tell somebody right now, say there's room for you here. Now tell that other person you just completely ignored again, say there's room for you here. There is room for you here. If you don't know me, I'm going to tell you, you probably don't know this about me. If you know me, I am terribly inflexible. And because of Tourette's and a lot of back issues and I have to get injections, I'm even worse. It is hard for me to tie my shoe whether I'm 300 pounds or sitting at 200 right now. After these hot dogs in a little bit, I'm going to be about 203 and I'm going to have a lot of work to do this week. <laughs> I eat them like popsicles because I grew up, I didn't grow up with steak. I got to fall in love with hot dogs and Raymond noodles and, it, it, and I paid a price, but it's still glorious. I don't know where I was going with that, but either way, I'm terribly inflexible. I have, to, I have to sit down on the bathtub to tie my shoes. I do. That's why y'all see me when I get to walk so much, I get on the knee because I have to do what I got to do. I'm terribly inflexible. I hate stretching, hated it when I was younger, and really hate it now. But a necessary part of growth, a healthy part of growth is you better stretch. And so I'm going to stretch your perspective today. My job is to do it anytime. That's my job. My job is to stretch my own perspective, but I'm going to stretch it today. I want you to know I'm not being hard. I'm not shaming you. I'm not guilting you. I am going to stretch you, though, because I stretch myself on this one. And we're going to stretch because if we aren't changing, we aren't growing. If you ain't stretching, you really ain't changing and transforming and growing nothing. And stretching sometimes hits you in those things that you swear you're right and everybody else is wrong. And I'm going to tell you, if you're ready for it, Catalyst, I don't know if you're ready for this jelly, but we're about to dive in it. Tell somebody, say, there's room for you here. There's room for you here. Church isn't something we do. It's who we are. Can we say that together? Say, church isn't something I do. It's who I am. Say it one more time. Say, church isn't something I do. It's who I am. A lot of people hate church. I get it. They've been hurt by church and you hate your ex because you got hurt by your ex. I get it. Start hating friends. I mean, look on social media. Everything people hate, they're talking about and they're usually hurt by I get it. People are, church ain't got nothing for me. You know, church, I don't even see the point in going to church. And we start making all these, all these, uh, you know, you know, church really doesn't do that much. I mean, I'm, I can still be a Christian. Sure you can. That's all. That's duh. We over, oversimplify things when we really don't want to see it for what it is. Church, I, I'm as, I've been as hurt by church as anybody else in this church, probably more so than most anybody in this room, but I'm still here because I believe in what Jesus set up. So, Church is like anything else in life. It's what you do with it and how you do it. Anything else? You got, here's an example, the gym. You can have, you, hey, the gym's great. You do it once a month, it ain't doing much for you. So what we do, 
We get excited. We come to church. We have like one Sunday or two Sundays. We're like really excited. My family's going to come to church. My, I'm going to get my husband in here. Or I'm going to come by myself and I'm just, I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. January 1st, I'm going to the gym. You got the gym membership. You signed the papers. January 1st, you were going consistently week after week. February, you still got the membership and are paying the money, but not showing up. A few months later, you're like, let's just cut this from the budget. Try again next year or 10 years or never. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's like anything in life. It's what you do with it. It's what you do with it. Or you can overwork the gym. We don't talk about that much in church because we want people to show up. Most churches want to build crowds. Hey, crowds will happen if we do it the right way, but that's not our goal. But you can overwork church. You overwork the gym. If you go to the gym two, three hours every day, seven days a week, hey, you're going to bench press a million pounds, have a rock solid shell. But eventually them joints are going to pay the price. Because I get to talk to people in like their 40s and 50s that lifted like they were college students for 30 years and they wish they hadn't have now. It's like anything in life, you overwork, you do things the wrong reason, the wrong way, you pay a price. Church is no different. Church is like anything else. It is no different. But there is a difference. Church isn't something we do. It's who we are. If you truly believe Jesus and love him and really want to grow, not just not just get inspired by him, not just quote the little the little one liners on Twitter and stuff. If you really want to see him, experience him, not just hear me talk about him. It's not something you do. It's who we are. And you're like, what does that even mean then? Like, what does that even mean? I need some handles. I need you to make it. I need you to make it make sense to me. I got it. I'm a simple kind of guy, too. I get it. That's who I am. So if you're taking notes with me, you can write this in your bulletin because it's not on your outline. Come. One word, just say, come. Showing up matters, man. Showing up matters. The writer of Hebrews says this. The writer of Hebrews says, some people have given up the habit of meeting together for worship. It's crazy. We, I love preaching about the things that have changed in the Bible, but man, I say this a lot. I love preaching about things that haven't because we don't change. A lot of the mess that we blame on church is because people are in church. A lot of the mess that you blame for your marriage is because you're in the marriage. And so people struggled then too. See, I love it. People love Jesus, but they struggle showing up then too. Ain't nothing changed. Writer of Hebrews, whether it was a he or she, because all my, all my people out there, that you, we don't know who wrote it. And there's actually rumors that a female wrote this. So I don't know if it's he or she. I'm just saying, I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to stretch you. Some people, the writer of Hebrews says, have given up the habit of, of meeting for worship. They love Jesus. They struggle showing up. And I'm not just talking about church. Anything in your life, it's like anything else. If you don't show up consistently, make consistent choices, you can pray about it, seek God fast all day. But if you don't get to walking by faith, it won't happen. We ain't staying the same. The same isn't sustainable, nor is it where the presence and promise of God happens. You can pray for different, but do you move towards different? Do you stretch? Some people have given up. They stopped being consistent on meeting together for worship. But we, whoever this writer is, says, but we must not do that. We should keep encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. I want to start. The Greek word there for encourage isn't really encourage. It's a way stronger word. The Greek word there actually means incite. Incite is a negative connotation in our society. You incite riots and violence. It's actually a crime. It is so intense. He says, don't give up meeting together. 
Don't give up worshiping corporately and consistently with people because it's a, I love you online. We'll reach you as long as we need to. I hope you'll watch us every week. But you cannot get but so much on the couch if you're there just because you're playing it safe and it ain't something real. Showing up is a step of faith. That's why it's hard. Being around people and putting yourself in a position to be hurt, to be judged, to be looked at wrong, to get in your head, that is a step of faith. It's not good for you to be alone, Adam. That's in the beginning of the Bible. And so... Showing up is the Greek word there is in sight. When a chicken, it actually one, one translation says spur one another. You know, the chicken, I, I think it's a chicken. I ain't a country boy. Spur, you get spurred. Yeah, this is a spur. All my anxious people, you have a, I got a diagnosed anxiety disorder too. It ain't easy to come in this mug. I make it a lot harder because I want to spur you, incite you, shake you up. And if you want the checker box out at 1159, easy, light, nuts and bolts, but don't really hit you in the heart, you ain't going to like me because I'm an insider. If that's a word, I am that. <laughs> he says, some people have given up, he or she. I don't know. Showing up matters. It's an investment. It's an investment, y'all. It's an investment in you and your family. And here's the thing, you're like, well, Sunday to Sunday, people are like, one Sunday, two Sunday. I here's the thing about investments. Small investments, it's anything with wealth. Anybody will tell you with wealth or anything else, small investments over time are what grows. And so we may not see what you're investing in today, but we sure will later on. If you're hiding stuff in the dark, holding back, pretending it may look good, everybody may take your side and burn everybody else in the situation. But tomorrow, whatever, whenever tomorrow is, we'll see what everybody's investing in. Time will tell. Fruit tells. An apple don't come out a grape. Or whatever come out. Come on the tree. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I ain't country. I just sound country. It's fake. I mean, city slicker is a joker. That, nah. Anyway. Where was I going with that? ADDs on me. Yeah, that no, was going somewhere. With what you invest in, small. You're like, well, Sunday, no, Sunday to Sunday, you're not going to see. It's a recipe. It's a recipe. Those great meals over time, it ain't the ingredients that you know and can taste that make that meal pop. But if you take the, the ingredients out, that meal ain't what you think it is and it ain't that good and nobody makes it and puts it on Google and Pinterest and makes me hungry. Investments, man. So if you invest, here's the thing is we're in a culture we overinvest in other things and we sacrifice in the things that matter. I told you, I'm not shaming you. I'm stretching you today. We have bought into a lie in our culture that busyness equals effectiveness. A lot of burnout, tired people that could have changed the world, but instead they're broken. May have a big bank account, but you're broken. I've been there. I ain't calling you out. I'm calling me out. So we believe that being a good parent is signing your kids up for a million different activities and you think that's going to help them find their thing and all it's going to do is confuse them more than it confused you because they got a, more, a lot more things to look at. And so we overinvest in sports. It is, it is a lie that we are buying into. And so what happens is you overinvest in sports. I've done ministry long enough. I'm not talking about, by the way, let me just tell you, I ain't talking to anybody. People always get mad. They think I'm talking to you. If I'm talking to one, I'm talking to 30 and me. So you overinvest in sports. So you may create a great athlete, but they're going to lack spiritually if it costs you an investment. You're investing in it, Right. 
And people have told me over the years, I've seen it. I'll tell you, I've seen enough. I've done ministry long enough. I see it. Uh, I had a, had a parent come up to me uh, in the last few years that literally crying on my shoulder and said, had to, said, I just thought that, you know, I had a great athletes, had athletes as kids, want to get them in college. Guess what? Multiple kids playing full scholarship. Multiple kids. Got, they accomplished the goal. They got there and she's crying. She said, the problem is, is my kids don't value church and Jesus like I did growing up. It changed my life and I failed. Got like multiple kids playing college ball. So if your kid's a great athlete, that's awesome. Probably they're not going to play college or MLB baseball or whatever or football or track, whatever it is, because statistics are against them. But even if they are incredible, and why is this lie that they got to get exposed? Man, if we practice what we preach, David wasn't even invited to the war that he killed the giants. He was bringing sandwiches, but God promoted him. So you don't need to sacrifice every weekend tons of money to get your kid exposed with the gifts that he or she has. It's a lie. And so what we do is we overinvest. I could go all day on the things we overinvest in. I just started with that one. Let me tell you what I have seen. I've seen very, very, very imperfect parents. Some who their grown kids now are sitting right here in these seats today. Some who traveled an hour to be here. Imperfect parents. I'm not talking about the ones that did all the right things. I'm talking about the ones that were in church that did the wrong things, but they always gravitated to and back to the house of God. And they set this precedent. And some of them aren't even here anymore. They're in heaven. And their kids are still showing up. Grow your child up in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they won't depart from it. They may get away from it, but if you don't give them a reference of what to come back to, I could tell you all day, I could go every angle, singles, no kids. It affects you. It affects your life. Small investments. It will eventually Time will tell what we invest in, and it's years later that you will grieve. Showing up matters. And I want you, I want this for you. I want you to have a church that's worth showing up to more than once a month. I do. And if Catalyst isn't that church, I'm okay with that too. That's how bad I and Jesus want it for you. Online, we love you. And whether you live in the West Georgia area or not, if you can't be in this room, you can watch us Monday through Sunday. Sunday to Sunday, I don't know. You can watch twice Sunday to Sunday if that's what it is. But you, God created you to be in the room with people. And if this isn't the room you're going to be in, by all means, consume our content. But show up. Show up. Because showing up matters. Say, say come. come. Say Come. Connect. Here's the big thing. Showing up is where it starts. Sundays, Sundays aren't enough, but it's where we start. Connect. Here's a lie we bought into in theology. We use the word church in the translations. Jesus said, I, upon this rock, I'll build my church. It ain't a trick question. <laughs> church. Church is, comes from the old English word, kirke. Kirke. I go into a lot of history of it. Kirke, church. It is not in the Bible anywhere. Kirke is a clique. It's where European and American church culture was built off of. An institution, a clique, a social gathering, country club, friends, groups, but that's where it stops. Kirke. We built the word church off Kirke. When Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. There's two words in the New Testament. When Jesus said it, he said, ecclesia. Ecclesia was a gathering. Uh, excuse me. 
No, it wasn't. Ecclesia is a fellowship, a congregation. So when Jesus told Peter a promise to all of us, not just to Peter, upon this rock, Peter meant rock, his name. He was talking to Peter and every one of us who are faithful. He said, upon this rock, I will build my ecclesia, my following. If you're faithful, if you trust me, you'll see my glory. Even if it doesn't make sense, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. He said, if you are my ecclesia, not Kirke, ecclesia, if you follow me, if you trust me, when they, when they betray you, when God, life is good, bad, if you trust me, my ecclesia. The other word that is most common in the New Testament, which is what I want to talk about, is koinonia. There is no one word to summarize what koinonia means. It's a complex Greek word that is complex, but it's simple. It's beautiful. It's a bunch of different words that we have lost sight of in our American culture, not just in church, but everywhere and in church. Sharing, community, engagement, initiative, investment, ownership, contributor, all in, koinonia. Watch this in the New Testament church. This is how they built the church. Jesus left. He ascended. He left his spirit. He told him, go ahead. You're going to receive power. Do it. The, act, the book of Acts is the New Testament church. In Acts chapter two, it says this. This is Koinonia. They spent their time learning from the apostles, their spiritual leaders at that time. And they were like family to each other. We do not do membership at this church. Anybody didn't know that? Now you do. We don't do family. That's an American church concept. It's an institutional model. We do ownership. If you come to this church and say, this is my church, it's your church, it's everybody's church, take ownership. This is your church. You don't sign a document and make a commitment. The door's open both ways. We are a family. I'm not trying to control you. We're doing what we do. And as long as you want to grow in that direction and can handle us, we can handle you. It says that they spent their time learning from the apostles and they were like family. Family, koinonia to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Everyone was amazed by the many miracles and wonders that the apostles worked. God was moving in their church, in the church. You can see God working. I've never seen anything like what God's doing within our church and the people right now. They saw the work of God. They saw change, real change. It says all the Lord's followers often met together and they shared everything they had. It was God's anyway. It wasn't mine. I didn't tighten it. Whether it's your girlfriend, your money. You know, no, 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 there is no controlling. There is no, this is mine. Because it was God's and he trusted it. They would sell their property and possessions and give the money to whoever was in need. Day after day, they met together in the temple. Just so you know, we, I mean, if there's, I'm sure if you want to get out an hour and 15 minutes every Sunday like clockwork, I can't, I can't promise that. These jokers met in the temple every day. Some of you right now, your stomach's growling. Mine is. But like every day they were worshiping and seeking the Lord. It said they met together in the temple every day, day after day. They broke bread together in different homes and shared their food happily and freely while praising God. I got some, boy, you'll bite somebody's hand. You'll bite your spouse's hands off they touch your play. <laughs> you'll slap them like you're a kid, man. Pep on the hand. It says they shared their food happily. While praising God, everyone liked them. Keep in mind, most people were trying to kill them. Everyone liked them. Didn't mean they appeased them. It's just they, people were hungry for it. And if they wanted to admit it, they came and got them some. Everyone liked them. And each day the Lord added to their group others 
who were being saved. They didn't just build crowds. This is true change. True people that wanted to take Jesus up at his word. That's how they grew. Church isn't something we do. It's who we are. We don't do membership. We do family. We have developed a consumer mindset in our churches. The church is here to serve me. I'm a customer. That's why when people get sensitive over stupid stuff, and then they don't even want to talk about it, they run out. But you don't do that with your kids. You don't do that at the ball field. You go fight the coach before you run away. We just run away. We just take shots from a distance. It's a consumer mindset. It is a kirke mindset. A word that completely defined a culture and has defined our culture. Kirke. It is transactional. You give me, I give you, you, I'll, you, I'll do this for you. You vote for me. I'll give you an A if you, do, if you, if you meet these requirements. It's transactional, not transformational. It's Burger King. Give you your way, you give me mine. I'll give you my money, you give me my burger just like I like it or I'm going to cuss you out. It's a Sunday. Everybody's cussing them out. Give them a break. It's Kirke. But is we serve each other. It starts here, but it should be everywhere. as we serve each other. Jesus taught his disciples, he said, the son of man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve. He said, I'm not building a kingdom where we lord authority over people. I'm building a kingdom where we serve each other. You'll be known. He taught them not to sit at the top of the table, but to sit at the bottom of the table and not to sit at the bottom of the table and try to push your way to the top. He said, sit at the bottom of the table, he told them, and serve and God will promote you. Your boss won't even get a chance to. Koinonia. Church isn't something we do, it's who we are. It's koinonia. And so Catalyst, as we draw this line in this new season that we're about to see his glory like never before, not just in this church, through this church. Church is more than somewhere you go to consume content and be encouraged and give some money and go do it again next week. Church is more than have it your way in Burger King. It is not Kirke. It is something we, it's who we are. We are the hands. Church is something we are. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. In the New Testament church, what they did and why it worked was so simple. We try to make it complicated and we've gotten so much division because we make it complicated like building a billion dollar corporation. No, it was real simple actually. They ran huddles. They had the Sundays. They did their huddles. They did their pep rallies. They did. They worshiped God and God showed up. Look at Pentecost. It said two or three were gathered together. I mean, more than two or three, but Jesus promised two or or three gathered together in my name, I'll be in their midst. So they did the huddle. This is the huddle. Coming to church is a huddle. It's it's important. House of God's important. It was a huddle. They, They had their huddles. The spirit of God fell on the huddle in Pentecost. Tell you other times, the Bible says it shook the foundation where they were worshiping. They did their huddles, but then they broke the huddle and ran plays. And when they broke the huddle and ran plays and started stepping, great things happened. And Jesus promised that we will do greater things because we're called to do the same. Upon this rock, every one of us. Church is not something we do, it's who we are. It's either who you are or who you ain't. We have awesome Sundays here. It's extra. It's loud. 
I'm loud. Well, we're going to break the huddle and run plays, church. Because this is not something we do on Sundays. It's something that we do all the time. They were all in. And we are all in. We are all in. God gave his all. So we give our all. Can we just say that? Say we're all in. We're all in. This is for you. Tell somebody, say it's for you. It's for you. It's in an organizational culture value. We're, in a, we're more than an organization. The church is an organism. Paul told the church at Rome, he said this, he said, therefore I urge you, I beseech you, KJ, can't, all my King Jimmy folks, because I know now we're building some King Jimmy lovers, and that's okay. Long as you're okay with whatever I use, I'm good with it. I don't understand you half the time, but still. I'm playing. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what he's done for you, how much he loved you, loves you, and what he was willing to do to prove it, go to a cross and say you're worth it. My brother, in view of God's mercy, I urge you to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Another translation says your reasonable service. Reasonable. Reasonable. We always talk about we'll die for Jesus and you'll get on social media and argue with people about Jesus and, 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 you, and you'll do a lot of things in Jesus' name and, quote, and cherry pick and, and put a verse to do it. But Paul didn't say die for him. He didn't say die on that issue. No, he said live for him. Lose for him. Get fired for him. Let them sit your kid on the bench when they should have started for his glory. Living sacrifice. We're all in, y'all. We have totally misread and mistaught the scripture in this. We are all, the Bible says, called to be ministers of reconciliation. We are all ambassadors for Christ. That's what Paul taught. Every one of us. Ministry isn't something that professionals do or that I do and you fund it and you invest in it. That is transactional. That is kirke. Ministry is something that every one of us has to give. Paul taught in Ephesians 4, he gave the fivefold ministry gift that we all, how we all, we totally meant. He says that Christ gave apostles, pastors, uh, apostles, pa pastors, apostles, teachers, and evangelists. He said he gave them, right? And we say, well, there are the people that did ministry. No, it says he gave them, Paul says, so that they could equip the saints, God's people, you, to do works of service so that the body may be built up. Did you catch that part that we missed? It says that the pastor's job, a spiritual leader's job is to help you tap into what God has called you to do at your job, in your family. What it looks like for you to be all in, for you to walk in your spiritual gifts and callings. Ministry really is less my job. It's my job too. My job is to show you that you're a part, that church isn't something we do, it's who we are. And we are all in, catalyst. You are not a customer, and when you look at it like Koinonia, you are a contributor. You have something to give and to offer to make this world a better place. I got locked into Walmart greeting for 13 and a half years because uh, not just Bible college and seminary, but I was, I just, it took me a while to finally get on, uh, get on a church that had, no, I still ain't a part of a church that's got any money, but I'm just saying like, it took me a long time, but you know what? I found out how much ministry I did. I've been gone from that place for years and people still come up to me and tell me how much I meant. Wherever God has planted you, you are a minister of reconciliation. Church isn't something we do. We are all in. Paul said, whether I eat or drink, I do it for the glory of God. 
We are called to build people, not build crowds, build people. And so I just ask you this, where are you not all in in your life? Some of you guests, you came in today and you're just, right now, you don't even know what you believe, where you believe, if you believe in this thing. By this thing, I mean Jesus at all. You're recovering. Some of you have been coming a month or two now, you're just recovering. Wherever you are, if you need to sit for a season, that's fine. This is a hospital. But a hospital takes a family of people that actually serve people. We're a family. Tell somebody, can, can, can somebody just say we're a family? Tell your neighbor, look at him. Don't spit on him like I do. Just say, say we're a family. We're family. I wish I could sing. Boy, I would break out in songs singing some doggone village people up in this thing. Oh, man. We're family. And so all my guests, you're going to get to see for a second how, how I talk to family because I'm honest. I don't hold back from my family, from my wife, from my kids. Sometimes I need to shut up and have some discretion. But I tell you one thing, I don't struggle with holding back. And if you're a part of this family, I encourage you to be a part of this family. And I want to talk to you for a minute because we're about to see God grow, build people. We're growing deep and wide. We don't build crowds here. Not anymore. We can build crowds. We could build this thing to the back wall and it would come. To, if we're not building people, it's going to go and it's going to bust in half again. We'll do it again next year. I'm not, I'm not doing that. But to be able to build people, first, we have to be the people. Okay. We cannot grow this church or what God, God, God uses people. And so we cannot grow. When I say growth, I'm not talking about numbers and attendance. That's building crowds. I'm talking about people, which means active family is the only way to serve more people. And you can see we're serving more people and the best is yet to come. And so if you're a part of this family, I just encourage you to be a part of the family. And I kind of want to tell you our next level of growth, what we're going to see. I'm a dreamer, so I can get up here and tell y'all all my dreams and what they look like, sun stands still type dreams. I'm not doing that. I'm going to tell you where we should be, could be real soon if we do it right. And it takes active family because God uses people. He uses people. No, I need to get rid of this pen. I'm going to keep picking it up like I'm a professor. I'm not a professor. Two, I'm talking about we are, we are not far from this if we do it right. Two thriving services. Amen. I didn't say two services. It's easy. Yeah, you can give it up. Y'all sleeping today anyway. Y'all need to give it up. I preach better. when y'all. I'll preach short if y'all actually talk to me. Y'all get me nervous when y'all start looking at me. I'm like, how many people going to leave today? And I start preaching longer than you get a, a later lunch. It's your fault, not mine. It's your fault if I'm long-winded. That's what I'm going with anyway. Two thriving services. Baby, I think you said you're hungry. She said, shut up, get to the point, please. <laughs> two thriving services. Not getting to two services, two thriving services. That takes active family. Not getting to two services and struggling. Two services. 60 to 70 kids a week, average attendance, average. We're not as far as you think. Last week, we had as many kids as two weeks ago when Pleasant Grove came with us. Have a faithful, give it, I got some catechids in here that can give it up right now. Got some catechid volunteers. Can y'all, can y'all yell a little bit, my catechid volunteers? Oh, about to say, if I got, y'all ain't quiet, y'all deal with kids, y'all got to be louder than them. 60 to 70, y'all, our church will only grow as big as the quality and as wide and as healthy and as deep as the quality of our kids' ministry. Period. And so we got a lot of faithful people, got good problems, we're growing. Kids are like, kids' ministry is growing. Good problems. You are what God wants to do about it. 
What that means is you by, you know who you are. I don't, you do. And so two, thri- two thriving services, 60 to 70 kids, I got some great news for y'all. Y'all ready to hear this? I, I could, I'm gonna try not to cry about it. Ha, we, I'm, I'm trying, I, we gotta go to lunch. We've been praying, I've been praying all year that God would just partner us with tons of ministries that we could help them win with our space and how much space God has given us and the miracle of getting this facility. All I can tell you is this, this thing just happened because we took some steps and Angie went to a tour. Uh, long story short, it's a giving hearts. as a, We've been praying just that one day there wouldn't be any venue here. It would be constant ministry, mobile ministry when we grow and we use every space we have. We want, it ain't about catalyst, it's about the kingdom and we're minister, we're all ministers and we do, and we help ministries. And, and so this week, I, one day I'll tell you the whole story, giving hearts who is a food resource. They literally feed. Carroll County has one of the wealthiest populations, also one of the most impoverished and hungry. That should not be the case. And so given hearts, Angie was in the proximity of them going out. She was, I told her, I said, girl, you truly pastored. She heard they had a need. They outgrew. They went from since February, giving 35,000 pounds of food a month away to 187,000 pounds. They needed new space. They had their board, which has pastors and some, pol- some politicians in the community come over here. They got to meet Terry, Angie. Y'all, this is now the new home base. All the mobile pantries that, that are that in different churches, that, that, that's giving hearts. This is their home base now. And they are so grateful. And they said, we're answer to your, your, your answer to our prayers. I said, no, y'all are answer to ours. And there is no reason, there is no reason that we can't have tons of that stuff going on here, partnering, helping multiple ministries grow and do ministry and be the church. The only thing it takes is active family that are invested and serving. It takes more family, not more numbers. Numbers only get you stress. Jesus doesn't bring stress. We are a passionate preaching church. We believe, we are, y'all think I got energy, man. Mark Aker, Tim, Bradford getting up here. Bradford was mild today, y'all. Y'all wait till you start. Bradford's mild. He's getting, he's putting his big boy weight back on after the battle he's had. I'm telling y'all wait, we extra. We can, Connor, we don't have, y'all wait, they ain't churches our size that can write songs like Connor in this worship band play. Man. And there is no reason. There, we had our first men's conference this summer called Encounter. It was the first start. We had 100 men in here, baptized five. The altar was flooded. Well, we had singer Joe was singing. He was off the stage, balling with his intimate. We should be, the next year, here it is. This is our next step. It's right here. We're at it. We're going to have four of them, not just for men. Encounter men, encounter women, encounter marriage, and encounter worship. And I'll be sitting down soon locking in dates because there is no reason that with the word that comes out of this place, we are different. It is powerful what God is doing here. It's not a people thing. It's a Jesus thing. And even on my worst day, he makes me better. And I'm so thankful. So there's no reason we can't have a full album, Connor. Soon. You writing songs, you popping them out every week. I'm like, my God. Here's what it is. You want to get involved? I encourage you to invite people. Because no, invite people to this church. 
Y'all, I got leadership that are timid and, and introverts, and I know it's hard. I have to make them talk. Listen to me. Leadership, spouses of leaders, you, everybody tell somebody it's for you. Invite people to church. I love it. You've done, you guys have done good sharing the broadcast and the rebroadcast on Sundays. We want to love people where they are. If they come, they come, but you can invite them. There's a lot of people. We're not for everybody, but we're for a lot of people that aren't here yet that need what God's doing here. And so invite Connect, engage, build excitement. If they don't like it, just tell them, Ben said, blame him. But give them a shot. We're going to be a church that families come in here and love this church and bring other families that God moves in their lives and vice versa. It's exponential if we do it right. Bring your youth. Will wrote me a vision last week, or a couple of weeks back, I actually just got to reading it last week. You know, we'll stop youth Sundays. It was a good decision, by the way because we had these big crowds of youth, 30 to 40 of them. And we want kids to actually choose to serve and follow Jesus, not just come eat Cheetos and eat pizza. No, we want you to know young. You can be young and not make dumb decisions. You have to pay for it till you're in your late 30s. You know what he did? Now they, they're serving. They're serving my brother's keeper. This, this September will be the second month. You know how many youth showed up? I ain't shaming or guilty. I'm stretching you. Four. Last week, Bible study, six. He's actually teaching the word. There's going to be events next week. They're going to Mexican after church. I know I got a church full of Mexican loving food, so y'all better come. Engage. By the way, that's not our youth's fault. Us adults aren't all in. We aren't all in. That's a culture that we created. That ain't their fault. We got wonderful young people. We got to show them now what it looks like to take Jesus seriously. It's more than a show. It's more than Sunday. It's serving. The greatest among you, Jesus said, will be your servant. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you, we care about you, and we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.